Turn in your Bibles with me to Psalm 148. Quick announcement this morning. Um, we are, uh, well, two, two things. One, uh, we have an intern coming, Taylor Kane. He's coming here. Uh, his first Sunday will be June 12th, and he'll be here through August 1st. And he's a great guy. You guys are going to love him. Uh, we're, um, my, my hope is that he encourages you and that we really encourage him as well and benefit him in some ways. And uh, so if you would like to host Taylor to dinner in your home, that's, uh, that's something I would like you to do, uh, just to get to know him a little bit. And there's a sign-up sheet in the, on, in the back to do so uh, if you'd like to have Taylor for a dinner. And then we'll be calling you and kind of organizing that. Um, and then uh, also he might... He'll, he'll probably ask if you want to grab some coffee or soda or something. And uh, so I encourage you guys just to get to know him when he's here. If you can pick up the tab for him while he's here, that would be a nice thing. Um, and Taylor's actually raising money to be, uh, to be, to be here with us this summer. So uh, it's an unpaid internship on, on our part um, outside of some things we're going to do to help him. Uh, so we'll just definitely take care of him in, in every way that we possibly can. Um, and then uh, also... On June 14th, that Tuesday, we're starting a summer house community. It's going to be one house community all together, and we're traveling to different houses throughout the summer. So we're going to change things up a little bit. We're going to be focusing on leadership development. Uh, we're going to be reading Acts together, and uh, it's going to be a good time just eating together, get, getting to know one another on a deeper, deeper level. Um, grab a schedule before you leave on the back table. It has the, the calendar for where each house community or each Tuesday night is going to be. Uh, and, and the addresses for that. Psalm 148. Um, and tell you what, I, I want to just read, I want to start reading. Even though I told you just to turn there, you, you may or may not listen, uh, read along. You might just close your Bible and just listen, just close your eyes, take this in as I read. Um, if you don't have a Bible and you would like a Bible, you can raise your hand. There's some Bibles in the back, and I'm sure somebody can grab you one. Psalm 148. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights above. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him in His heavenly hosts. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you shining stars. Praise Him, you, you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for He commanded and they were created. He set them in place forever and ever. He gave a decree that will never pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you, you great sea creatures and all ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do His bidding, you mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds, kings of the earth and all nations, you princes and rulers on earth, young men and maiden, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens. He has raised up for his people a horn, the praise of all his saints, of people, the, the people close to his heart. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise in the assembly of the saints. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let the people of Zion be glad in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with harps and tambourines. For the Lord takes delight in his people. He crowns the humble with salvation. Let the saints rejoice in this honor and sing for joy on their beds. May the praise of God be in their mouths and a double-edged sword in their hands to inflict vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples to bind their kings with fetters, their nobles with shackles of iron to carry out the sentence written against them. This is the glory of all the saints, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His acts of power. Praise Him for His surpassing greatness. Praise Him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise Him with the harp and lyre. Praise Him with tambourine and dancing. Praise Him with the strings and flute. Praise Him with the clash of cymbals. Praise Him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. That's it, isn't it? That's, that's, that is our singular purpose right there, to praise the Lord 
and through doing so to give God all our glory. That's why everything exists from creation to humans to you is to praise the Lord, is to bring glory to God. And we thought it time to come together and just celebrate everything that God is doing in our hearts, in our lives, in our church, in our city. So we had a pizza party last night to praise the Lord through pizza and apple, apples to apples and uh, soda and chips because everything is to bring glory to God, right? Um, so I want to do this, to just kick this off this morning. Um, is there anybody that would like to share a story to pray, praise the Lord in some way, some fashion? And I know, I already mentioned she would, so I'll let you go ahead and start. Stand up? Yeah, you can do it. You can come on up if you'd like. Um, I shared this Hang on a sec. Could you, could you hold this for me? Thank you. <laughs> in, uh, two, is it on? Hello, hello? It's good. Uh, hello. In 2005, I was diagnosed with the illness, and I've had a lot of struggles with it, but right now, like, I'm doing better. But recently, um, I went to the doctors, and they told me that out of my two, out of her two, my doctor said out of her 200 patients, I was the healthiest. And she said, whatever you're doing, just keep doing it. And I had to get some blood work done, and she, my numbers came back perfect. And she said, usually the numbers of, of her patients are like one or two or three points off, but mine's are perfect. So basically, that's my praise report. So. Amen. Would anybody else like to share? Anyone else? You could, you could share from right where you're at if you're afraid of the mic. <laughs> Erica, can, you want to come on up? Even though I just, I just tricked you. <laughs> just kidding about that. <laughs> um, I'm Erica. I've been in Baltimore for about three and a half years now. And um, when I came to Baltimore, before I came to Baltimore, I was very comfortable where I was. And um, I was somewhat new in Christ. I, got my, I received salvation in 2004. So I was pretty comfortable where I was and things were going set status quo. But um, I came up to Baltimore to start looking for investment property and I ended up moving here. And I've been telling people it was through the Holy Spirit that I moved here and I've consistent on that because I know it was him. But um, it was when I came to the garden community and I started hearing the different stories of how people who are not from Baltimore started coming to the church and came to Baltimore, the stories were very much in tandem with mine. So it, it really reflected to me how important it is to heed God's word because you start learning from other people that, that it's a, not just a commitment to God, but it's a confirmation of God's work in your life. So I'm really excited about what the garden is doing. I'm really excited about why I'm here in Baltimore, why you all are here in Baltimore, and how we're going to grow in the kingdom together. So that's my testimony. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing. Anyone else? You don't have to use the mic. Just, just, yeah. You can just share from wherever you're at. I'll share from wherever I'm at. All right, all right. Go ahead. Go ahead. You don't have to use the mic. Well, uh, I'm Andrea, and um, I, I think I told Joel a few months ago that anxiety runs in my family, and uh, it, it was something that I, I stumbled upon because I, I found myself like physically ill when it was stressful times at work. Time I was old. You know, a lot of people are. Internally, I felt like that's where I was going because that was the only way I felt like I could do my migraine. 
I'm, I feel great that God has delivered me. It's going to be a long battle, and I, I know what my weaknesses are, but it's great to be able to face them better, uh, less fear, and knowing that even if I have to go back to something that's still going Amen. Amen. Thanks for sharing. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. As, as a church, the, the church at, at, at our core, we're not an organization. We're, we're a body. We're a, we're a community of people who are seeking Christ and, and, and uh, living lives that are transformed by the gospel and, and uh, living in the power of, of God's spirit, bringing glory to God. At our core, our, our, our singular purpose is to praise God, is to bring glory to God. That's, that's why we exist. It's not, it's not for our own glory. It's not so we can build big things and feel good about the nickels and noses that we bring in or, uh, or built, just simply building an institution for the poor, as, as important as that is. That's not our purpose. Um, it's not about building a social institution, hosting game nights and fun activities, and that's not the purpose. Um, it's not for our own recognition to become well-known, or it's not to be a cool church or have a great band, uh, or a great teacher, or a cool space. It's our singular purpose is to bring glory to God. That's it. And how do we do that? Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. In, in the Old Testament, when you read through the Old Testament, you, you begin to notice that all throughout the, the Old Testament scriptures, we see God calling his people to wherever they're at, whatever they're doing, they're planting crops, what, to stop what they're doing and to celebrate. To stop in the, in the middle of their planting season, to stop their, their work, Whatever, and, and to remember who God is, what God has done for them, and to celebrate that. And honestly, guys, I don't think we do that enough as Christians, you know? Like, I, don't, I really don't think we just stop enough just to, just to celebrate and to praise God for everything that he is doing in, in our lives. At, at the core of Christianity is, is this Jesus who was God in the flesh, came, dwelt among us, lived a, a holy, blameless, and pure life, died on the cross, taking upon the, the sin of this world, taking upon your sin, rose from the dead, defeated gra the grave, defeated sin, invites us into God's kingdom, into a, a relationship with God, invites us to become a partner with what God is doing in this world. And then Jesus, as, as he looks at his, his uh, disciples, right before, he, right, right before he ascends, before he leaves, he looks at them and he says what? Matthew 28. Go into all the world and preach this good news. Go into all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples, and baptize them. And so our... One singular purpose is to bring glory to God and our vision is to make disciples who are bringing glory to God. And it, you, you begin to think about this in this way uh, and then you look at the, all these celebrations that they had uh, before Christ came on the old, in the Old Testament, before God came in the flesh, constantly celebrating the, uh, the work of God. And now we have Christ. God has come in the flesh. He's died for us. He's, he's brought us into a relationship with him. He's commissioned us to go and to preach the gospel, to take this good news. We've got to take time to just celebrate. And the thing is that as we celebrate and as we bring praise to God, even, even those of you who just shared and, and as, we, as you each just think deeply about what God's doing in, in our church and in our city and in your own life, 
what you begin to begin to discover is is that you're not celebrating uh, your own work. Like you might actually be the vessel that God is using in some ways, um, but you're not celebrating your own work. We're going to begin a series in Acts in two weeks. Uh, John is going to speak next week. Where'd John go? Oh, there he is. Hey, John. And uh, John's speaking next week. And then the following week, uh, you are speaking next week, right? Just double checking. Good to go. Then the following week, um, we're going to begin a series in Acts. But I want to give you a little preview into, into this series. Turn with me to Acts chapter 1. So Jesus has commissioned his disciples to go into all the world and preach this good news. And make disciples, make, make people who are bringing glory to God as well. And in Acts chapter 1, uh, uh, verse 4, he says this, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. So after he has commissioned them to go and make disciples, he said, wait, don't go yet. Wait right here. Because there's something that you need before you go and make disciples. You have no power in and of yourself. You can't do it yet. You can't change lives. You can't even change your own life. I'm sending you something, someone, who is going to give you this kind of power. Look at verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The power of the Holy Spirit. When we talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, at the core, what are we talking about? We're talking about the, 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 the power to be able to be the witnesses of Jesus Christ. To be able to go into all of the world and make disciples. And to see people glorify God through Jesus Christ. And when, when we begin to see our work, whether it be the work of specifically that we do as a church or uh, in, in your personal life, the relationships that you have, people that you're ministering to, ways that God is even changing and growing you, when we begin to, to, see, to realize this, what, what we realize is that it is not us doing the work. It is not us changing ourselves. It is not us growing this church. It's not us. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's God's very Spirit working through us, working in your life, changing you. To give you an example of what this looks like when the Holy Spirit is working and not us, in 1857, Charles Spurgeon, who was a great preacher, Charles Spurgeon was going to, going to preach at the Crystal Palace to 25,000 people. And a day or two before he was to speak, he walked out in, into this massive auditorium and uh, de he decided to figure out where the, where the stage was going to be set up. And uh, they didn't have a sound system back then. And so he's going, going to just like shout and make some noise, kind of see where the noise bounces off, off of and determine where the stage needs to go. And this is in Spurgeon's own words. In order to test the acoustic properties of the building, I cried in a loud voice, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. In one of the galleries a workman, who knew nothing of what was being done, heard the words, and they came like a message from heaven to his soul. He was smitten with conviction on account of sin, put down his tools, went home, and there, after a season of spiritual struggling, found peace and life by beholding the Lamb of God. Spurgeon is out there just giving a sound check and throws out off the top of his head, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. He, he meant nothing by it. And God took those words and used them in some worker's heart in, in one of the galleries off the room, used it in, in, in uh, this workman's heart, which brought him to a saving knowledge of Christ. That is the power of the Holy Spirit. And when we begin to th see things this way, it opens us up, it opens up our minds and our hearts to a whole new reality of what it means to serve and to minister. In a, in a very, absolutely humble way, knowing that there's nothing in us, there's nothing in Spurgeon's words that 
that caused that man to, to repent. It was simply the movement of the Holy Spirit. Yet, God used Spurgeon's words to do so. Isn't that amazing? Uh, some time ago, I began to see this in my own life, just, just as far as my own, my own preaching goes. And uh, it, it began to hit me, I guess, how limited my words actually are. You know, words are... I mean, sometimes, sometimes I re work really hard to try to say something and communicate something clearly. And I don't think I ever do anything justice. You know, like, words are so utterly limited. There's just these sounds that are coming out of our mouth and, and you kind of get them through your ears and your brain interprets them and, and, and it means something to you. Like words are absolutely limited and half the time I get my words wrong. Like Paul and uh, Ben were making fun of me the other day because I just make up words sometimes. And, uh, and I was telling them, well, you know, like I'm, I'm just making up words. Like that's a pretty brilliant thing to do. But then I kind of thought about it. I was like, but I don't know I'm making up words. <laughs> I think I'm actually saying words that exist. <laughs> but that doesn't matter. Because it's not my words, right? I mean, it, honestly, it boggles my mind sometimes that I could stand up here and just like jumble through some words and, and try to just talk about what, what, what it is that God's, God's showing me. And I talk for 30, 40 minutes or whatever, and, and then afterwards people come up to me and, and they say that God has changed their life. I mean, to the glory of God, it boggles my mind. Because my words are absolutely limited. And I see the way you guys are ministering to each other in, in very broken and weird ways, and God is using it to transform lives. I shouldn't say it's weird. <laughs> But you're, not, you're no more perfect than I am. But I, see, I, but I see somebody share something with somebody, a word of encouragement. And, and it completely transforms the way that person's thinking. And you had no idea what you were doing. You had no idea what you were sharing for that person. And I see it all the time. I hear stories of it. You guys talk to me. And, and you're sharing stories with me about how this person encouraged you. And they had no clue they were encouraging you. But it's because... When we come together and we are open vessels saying, God, we, we want to be used, we want to be poured out for, for your glory, God will begin moving through us, through our feeble, uh, limited words, our, our limited actions, sometimes even selfish actions that, that he then uses for his glory. It, it's, it's amazing. It's phenomenal. It's when, we, it's when we're able to say that our words are absolutely limitless but the Spirit speaks with unlimited power. When we're able to say that our numbers are few, but God is omniscient and omnipotent and omnipresent. When we're able to say that our resources are limited, but God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And we completely say, I don't know what I'm doing, but I ask you to use me in some fashion. As a church, we don't know what we're doing, but God, please, we're here. We want to be used. If, if it's in your grace to use us, we ask that you use us. Um, a, a friend of mine who's a church planner describes starting a church as, uh, as starting a business. He kind of says it's similar to starting a business. And I understand what he's saying. I completely get what he's saying. But I always kind of have, I have trouble in my own mind when I, when I start to think of things that way. When I start to think of starting a church, something like this, to start a local expression of poured out disciples as a, a business plan, it doesn't really add up, I don't think, to what we see in the New Testament I mean, if anything, we come up with our plans. We write down our business model, whatever, our church model. We come up with our plans and we say, this is how I think God is leading me to, to start a church in this city, in this neighborhood, whatever. And we lay it on the table and then we step back and we're like, God, if you want to do anything with that or with me at all, that's up to you. And it's now time for you to begin moving in ways that I, I can't even comprehend at this point. And as I've seen God... Uh, birth this community right here 
He has done things that I would have never planned. He's moved in ways that I never, never dreamed of moving. I never thought we'd end up, end up right here, but God did for a reason. So we, we, we step back and if it's in your grace to use us, may, your, may your, the power of your Holy Spirit work through us and change lives. And when we begin to see things this way, I think there's a reason to celebrate. Are you tracking? Because we're not celebrating ourselves. I mean, there's nothing about us to celebrate. You know, we do some things, we, we plan this, you go there, you talk to this person, whatever. But really, there's nothing about us to celebrate because we can't bring life change, even within, our, within ourselves. And when we begin to recognize that it is only the power of the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, moving and pouring through us as a church, as individuals, transforming our own, own life, there is all the reason in the world to stop and to just celebrate what God is doing. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. It's all about Him. It's Him that we're glorifying. It's Him that we're living for. And it's, it's He that's doing the work through us. Essentially being, being part of this local church, this, what we call the garden, the garden community. What we're trying to say as a community, as a body, is that we believe only God is worth our glory. What we're trying to say is that uh, your jobs, as important as they are, are not worth your glory. Your, your families are not worth your glory. Politics are not worth your glory. Sex is not worth your glory. Politi uh, money is not worth your glory. Fame is not worth your glory. Leisure, vacation is not worth your glory. There's one being that's worth your glory, and that's Jesus Christ. And that's it. And so then that transforms as a community, as a body, everything that we do, the way we think of the way we use our time, our resources, our, our jobs, everything is rethought now through the lens of, of having one singular purpose, and that's to bring glory to God through Christ. So, do you guys track with me here? You can say this is worth celebrating. We need a giddy up. Um, ba the baptisms are worth celebrating. People who are following Christ, being obedient in, in baptism, this beautiful symbol of, it's, it's a funeral on one hand and then it's like this resurrection on another. Identity in Christ, it's worth celebrating. The any part, I, I, I believe, any part that we can play as a body, as a church, in your life is worth celebrating. I mean, some of you guys have had um, long, long histories within this, this whole faith of, of following Christ and understanding what it means. And, and we get to play a part in this part, of, this part of your spiritual journey now. And you get to play a part in our spiritual journey. And that's worth celebrating. Others of you have... The first time you walked through those doors, you knew nothing about, about Christ. And, and uh, you've come to Christ since you've been part of this community. And we've been able to, to play this beginning role in your journey. And that's worth celebrating. Amen? Amen. You guys look, looking at me with question marks. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Um, we need to celebrate stuff that established churches take for granted. Because... We are a fledging new church. Things like children's ministry. Megan has taken over our children's ministry and uh, taken this program called First Look. It's a curriculum that we got and we're trying to put it into practice. And you guys are like printing it off and you're coming here on Sundays and you're, and you're kind of working through this curriculum. And I'm sure it feels like nitty gritty at times and just kind of like trudging through figuring this out. And... Uh, um, but you don't get to see it from my perspective because I get to go home and talk to my kids about what they learned in Sprouts. I mean, as a parent, as a parent, I'm doing, Jess and I are doing everything that we can to raise our kids in the Lord at home, to teach them what it means to pray, to teach them who, who Christ is. But to have a spiritual family come alongside us and have you guys invest in their lives. And then I get to go home with them 
and say, hey, what did you learn in Sprouts today? And they say uh, that they learned that, uh, that God looks at our hearts and nothing else. I'm like, that's, that's phenomenal, you know? That's a great message for my, kids, for my kids to know. And I think that's worthy of celebrating. So Megan, and all of you Sprouts folks, we celebrate you. Just thank God for you. Um, I think little things, which are big things, like, like having, having a sound team. You know, like Ben has this uh, sound expertise that he's brought to the garden. And... Uh, He's spent a lot of time putting a sound system to get together for us, and we can now like re even record our messages and put them on iTunes and things like that. Uh, that's worth celebrating, right? Um, visuals, we can, we can look at a screen and sing and clap at the same time. It's, it's awesome, and we can't like make light of this because this is stuff that creates an environment for people to come and to hear the gospel. We can't make light of these things. These are, these are milestones for us. And it's worthy of celebrating. Um, music. John and his work with putting team, a music team together. And uh, he had like 18 practices this last week of, actually it was two, I think. Two different re rehearsals because he couldn't get everybody together at the same time. And, but he puts a lot of work and, and thought into this. It's worthy of celebrating, I, I, I believe. Just people who are saying, you know what? I want to serve the body. I want to I serve the church and I'm going to invest my time. I'm not going to get paid for it. I'm, not going to, I'm just going to invest my time. I'm going to sacrifice things that I want to do uh, to, to serve. House communities, outside of, outside of what we do on Sundays, these, these, these things we call house communities, which are really such a central part to, to, uh, um, to, to, to our mission. Because you guys have been committed to house communities, week in and week out, you've, you've provided fellowship for people that needed fellowship, maybe. Maybe you needed encouragement. And, and because of this commitment to these small home sort of communities, we've, we've seen people who, whose lives have been transformed by the gospel. Like I shared earlier, if you don't mind me sharing again, James, I, I invited, I was literally just, I, we were moving this sculpture. I'm going to back up a little bit. We were moving this sculpture and, uh, it weighed like what, maybe 18,000 pounds, roughly? Might, yeah. And uh, it was me and, and actually Douglas, who you, some of you guys know. We were trying to move this sculpture and um, we couldn't do it. And there was this tall, lanky dude walking down the street. And I was like, let's ask him. So, and it was James. And I was like, hey man, can you help give us a hand here? And he was like, all right. And so he literally worked with us for probably nine hours. L literally, it was the rest of the day. We put a full day's work in. Um, and it, there's a whole story as to why it took so long. <clears throat> Mainly because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and God's power did not move in that. But he moved, he moved in a whole other way because, because, it, because of that, James and I started hanging out. And I was like, hey man, we're doing this house community thing. And so he came to a house community because we have this environment. James was able to connect with the gospel, connect with Jesus Christ because of a house community. Because of you guys coming into, into my living room and we just opened the Bible and, and prayed together and James was able to connect with, with, with you. It's a beautiful thing. It's worthy of celebrating, right? Um, outside of our, our walls, quote unquote, rec center houses, in the community, um, I recently, or I say recently, I feel like it's, it's, it's been some months now, but somebody uh, in the community I, I was talking to and, and and their statement, I'm, I'm just going to give you their statement, it was, since you guys have been meeting in the rec center, this community has changed. Wow. Yeah, and I don't know how or why <laughs> or what they mean, but, and, and they, they went on and basically said that there's just a whole new vibe in the community. People are, are just friendlier. And, and, so, and I got to, at first I kind of just wrote it off. I'm like, all right, they're just trying to be nice. And maybe they were, but I don't put that past the Holy Spirit to to come into an area and just begin to change things. I mean, we are here, we're praying, we're walking the streets, and I believe that God's Spirit is moving all around this neighborhood and, and into other parts of the city, and things are just changing. Not because of us. It's only because God's Spirit is moving around us, through us, among us, in your life, in my life. There's a, um, 
a woman in the community who uh, has been turned off to church for, for years because of, uh, because of the greed that she's seen behind the pulpit. And so she wants nothing to do with the church, and I don't know if she ever will, to be honest. Um, but I was walking down the street and uh, kind of ran into her um, and uh, just started chatting a little bit and, and talking about it. It was when we were painting this, this rec center. We were painting the wall here. And uh, so she asked about the painting, and then she said, oh, were you guys the ones that cleaned up the alleys? And I was like, I was like yeah. And she said, she said, I wondered if that was... Because she's seen me in the neighborhood. She was like, I wonder if that, wonder if that was you, you guys, your church. Because she had heard I was a pastor. And uh, then her words were, I might come check you out sometime. Amen. And that's, that's something to celebrate, right? You never know. You never know. See, the thing is, is like Spurgeon, when he said the, uttered those words to do a sound check, he had no clue what God's spirit might be doing in other people's lives. And as a matter of fact, he didn't even know that guy came to Christ until years and years later. And see, that's the thing is, when we start to see things in a bigger picture here, we've got to be humble enough to say we may never know what God does through us and around us as a result of us being in this rec center, being in a house, serving. Neighbors helping neighbors, Saturday mornings, people in the garden, Paul's leading it, people in the garden get up and, and sacrifice their Saturday mornings to serve, to, to, to just go and, and do whatever they can do to, to clean or uh, chop up a, a tree. <laughs> um, uh, there's, there's a guy that, I, and I mentioned this before, there's a guy in the community that I've been literally wanting to get together with for probably a year and a half. Just f for whatever reason, just feeling drawn to him. And every time I see him, I'm like, man, I want to connect with that guy. It's because I see him a lot, I think. But I never have been able to. And uh, um, Paul and uh, Matt Schuyler were working at one, one Neighbors Helping Neighbors site and asked me to come over. So I went over to give them a hand with something. And they're helping this guy out. And so I got to actually introduce myself and talk to him and get to know him. And since then, like, we've been texting back and forth, and I've got a connection with him now. And, I mean, I cannot say that, like, that's not the Holy Spirit's power moving through Paul and Skyler and, and others of you just being willing vessels ready to be used in any way that God sees fit. And we, we just have no clue what, what he is doing, what he might be doing. Um, we've uh, uh, been able to put together an advisory team within the garden that I think is worth celebrating. We don't have elders at this point. We're, we're still sort of in this forming stage. And uh, at this point we are a uh, a, a crazy band of nomads starting a church and, and eventually will uh, select elders from among us. But until then, I've uh, been able to, with J John and Gwen Carroll, have come around me as an advisory team. So I'm not making decisions on my own. And so I actually have some accountability and they're, they're pouring into my head and into my heart and into my life. And I think that's worth celebrating. You guys don't feel it as much as I do, but I think it's worth celebrating. Um, you want to, can I keep on going? Yeah. I've got a bunch of stuff written down here. Um, uh, our fin financially, over the last year, we have quadrupled in internal giving, meaning tithes and offerings. We've quadrupled in the, over the last year. We've doubled since September. And before we just write that off and say, oh, money's nothing, because of your generosity, we've been able to rent this rec center and create this space for you to come and fellowship and worship and be encouraged for others to come and to hear the gospel for the very first time. God has, God has used us in, in our faithfulness right here in the center for people to come, come to know him because of, because of, uh, because of your generosity. You've, you've allowed me to, with the, with the help of outside supporters, to be funded so I can really don't have to work a job. So I can just fully devote my time to the church, to the work of uh, God in, in Baltimore, to discipleship, to leading, and whatever else I do. And I know some of you are like, what does he do over <laughs> Like, strange. And uh, the, re the answer is I just work Sunday mornings. That's it. No, just kidding. Um, 
if you really want to know what I do, though, uh, we can chat. But I, but it's because of your generosity that I can that I can just devote my time to to serving this church and uh, to meeting with you guys. Um, and my prayer is that we'll be able to allow more to quit their jobs and devote their time, fund people to devote their time to to the church, to service here and elsewhere, missionaries, church planners, everywhere. Um, one thing that I am loving about the way that we're being established as a church is uh, er, very, very early on, when it was like four of us, we decided that we didn't want to be, um, we didn't want to wait until we were financially stable before we started giving money away. And so we wanted to build it into the DNA of, of the garden to give money away from the get-go. And so in the past few months, because of, again, your generosity, we've been able to give away almost $1,000 in the community for food, uh, poverty relief. Um, f f we, we threw a uh, barbecue that fed about 250 people with the free market. The free market was phenomenal too, wasn't it? Like 200 people came through and got tons of stuff. Um, we've uh, given away over $1,200 to fight human trafficking. We've bought $1,200 worth of Target gift cards to help you love your neighbors, and we still have some left. So if you want to love your neighbor through giving them a $50 gift card to Target, like, you can't beat that. Uh, just see Jen if, you, if you'd like to do that. And uh, we've given away over $2,000 to assist with other church planting and missionary endeavors in Maryland and around the globe over the past few months. Um, and we have $1,231.93 sitting in a church plant fund which we've been taking just a little bit from every, every time somebody gives something, taking a little bit of that and putting it into a church plant fund. Because my desire, my hope, and my, my dream, and what I believe God is leading us to is to become a church planting church, that we don't just plant ourselves to exist for ourselves and for this neighborhood, but that we plant churches elsewhere, that we send people out, that we send you out to plant churches. I mean, how amazing would it be Brandon actually sent me a YouTube video of uh, this riot, this craziness in Syria. And as I was watching that, what, for whatever reason, what I, what I started thinking through was, how amazing would it be if we had five or ten church planters within the garden being raised up to, to go elsewhere, to, to leave this, this neighborhood, this city, this church, maybe this country, and to plant churches elsewhere. And one of those church planters being raised up saw a video like what, we, what I saw in Syria and said, I want to plant a church there and took four or five of you to move across the, uh, across the world to plant a church in one of the most difficult environments we can currently imagine. I mean, how amazing would that be? And so we've got a fund for that, basically, is all I'm saying. We, we're, we're saving. Because I want to be able to fund this kind of stuff. I want to be able to say... God, God is raising you up to, to leave this country, to leave this city, to go to another city, New York or Atlanta or Chicago, wherever. And we want to help you in your work. We want to fund you. I think we can do it. And here's the reality is when we look at it, we're like, whoa, like our numbers are limited. Our resources are limited. But we're completely forgetting the power of the Holy Spirit. We're completely forgetting the power of the Holy Spirit. And that, that God is omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent, and can and do whatever he wills through us, in us, in our city. I mean, nothing, nothing is outside of possibility for, for Christ to move, for the Holy Spirit to take hold of people's lives and to transform the globe. And so I just want to be part of that. Cool? Some time ago, um, we were, again, this is like kind of way back. In July, I'll, I'll have lived in Baltimore for three years in July. And uh, shortly after we moved here, there was literally just a few of us. Um, like out of everybody here, I think Sean was there. <laughs> and uh, and we were, we're just like sitting around. And it, it occurs to me that... Um, the one thing that, that uh, we have been commanded by Christ to pray for is for laborers, for the harvest. And 
you know, I began looking around and, and uh, Matt, who was with us at the time, a friend of mine who helped get things rolling here, began looking around and seeing that the harvest was great, but the laborers are very few. And Jesus said to pray for laborers. And so we began praying for laborers. Like, I can show you my journal entries where I'm just, I could show you old newsletters where I, every time I say, please pray, it's always laborers, laborers for the harvest. Pray for laborers. And I truly believe that you guys are an answer to that prayer. That as, as I was praying, as we were praying, that God would send us a, a missionary band of people who would come and, and, and live their lives for his glory and, and to, to seek transformation, spiritual, social, cultural transformation in the city, in this neighborhood. I truly believe that God has has and, and is answering my prayers, our prayers, through sending you here, laborers for the harvest. I mean, Erica shared a little earlier that it's, it's ironic, and, and as you share some stories, just how God has placed Baltimore in your heart, and you somehow, in similar ways, ended up, you winded up here somehow, and, and you think that's weird, but I don't, because I was praying for that. <laughs> you know, like, it's exactly what I was praying for, and I think it's amazing. I praise God for it. And so when you guys don't really see things sometimes from my perspective, I mean, from my perspective, I truly am just thanking and praising God for you. I really am. Every one of you fit in, in very different ways, uh, from very different backgrounds, and we come together as this puzzle, I believe, ready to allow the Spirit to just move through us and uh, see some transformation happen. Following, following Jesus is, at, at its core, is, is, is this. It's, it's recognizing that we are not our own Savior. It's recognizing that, that we work, we do things, we, we do plan, we strategize, we talk to people, we work jobs, we, we try to make connections. We try to do things to, to bring change in our life, but the recognition that we have as Christians is that we are not our own Savior. And that we can't save us, and we can't save anyone else. And we see that Christ is the Savior. That Christ has saved us. And that Christ can save the people around us, can save the city of Baltimore, and is saving the world. And some of you, as, even as I've been sharing this morning, some of you very possibly could be cut to the heart in, in this way. As you're looking at your own life, you see a lot of things that you are doing. You see a lot of your own effort. But if you're going to be honest with yourself, there's no Holy Spirit moving through you. I mean, maybe you're sitting here and you're like, I haven't been changed. I haven't been transformed. And it very possibly could be that God's Spirit is not with you. And in some fashion, you've been seeking your own self-righteousness. You've been seeking to become your own Savior. You've, you've been seeking to do things to make God happy with you or to make you happy with yourself. And you, you need to, I mean, and this is, even, even though maybe you prayed a prayer when you were little, you know, you grew up in church and stuff, you, you're recognized, like, cut to the core. I don't know if I have the power of the Holy Spirit in me. I don't know if, if God is transforming me into a new person, a new creation. And at that, we, we, we fall on our knees and we say, God, I, I am a deeper sinner than I ever believed I was. There's sin underneath the sin, underneath the sin. And at the core, I, I'm seeking my own righteousness. I'm, I'm seeking to be my own savior. And I completely give everything to you. And I accept Christ. I accept him. He is my savior. Fill me. Change me. Transform me. And the, the baptismal waters are probably still warm out there because it's hot. And, and you can be baptized. If, I mean, honestly, if, 
kind of last minute here. God is moving in your heart. You're recognizing that you need a Savior and, and you are, figuratively speaking, on your knees and literally speaking, saying, I am a sinner, I'm broken, and I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord. I'm going to follow him as a disciple. We can baptize you right now. Others of you, um, have, have experienced the power of the Spirit moving through you. Some of you are absolutely bubbling over with encouragement over the past weeks because of things that God's been doing in your life. And some of you are a little discouraged because maybe you're, you're not seeing that or you're, you're, you're serving in some ways and you're not seeing fruit. And you have to stop and you have to step back and recognize that it is not about you. You are not the one to bring fruit. It wasn't Spurgeon's eloquency why this person accepted Christ. It was simply because <clears throat> the Spirit moved in, in a certain way and Spurgeon knew nothing about it for years and years. And so I said it to, to say, be encouraged because you do not know how God might be using you in in people's lives. You might not even realize how God is working in your own life right now until uh, three years from now or four years from now. Amen? Amen. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. God, we do praise you this morning. We give you glory. Let us never forget that it is you that works in us and through us. Let us never become puffed up with accomplishments or successes. And let us never become discouraged uh, because something doesn't go as we thought it might. But let us completely rely on you. And when we do see, when we recognize you move, God, I pray that we will constantly praise you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen.